John Williams here. Sheldon Jacobson is a professor of computer science at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. He's a data-driven expert on risk-based decisions. He joined us, I think, maybe a year ago to talk. Was it about the NCAA basketball tournament, Professor? That's right, yeah. We're coming up to it in just a few days. What was the thrust of that? What was your wisdom about the brackets? Well, data speaks loudly and seeds scream loudly. That's when you want to put together your brackets, you want to make sure you're doing it using analytics. And we talked about things like uh, doing your final four first and then building your bracket out from there. And you'll find out that your brackets will make more sense. Do you have anything to say about the 12-5 games? Well, the 12-5 games, there's always an upset, but it's those upsets are, are also true of the 11-6 as well as the 10-7 upsets. They, they appear at the same rate, so you always want to have a couple of those. And given the fact that Illinois is probably going to be in a, an 8 or a 9 seed in the tournament unless they make a big run in the Big Ten tournament, we're probably going to see an interesting second-round matchup if they win initially and find out that they're, uh, they're going to be playing the number one seed. So do you like their chances? I mean, yeah, if they win that game, then really the eight or nine seed, the winner of that game goes on to play the number one in the next game? Typically, unless the number one loses to a 16, but that's only happened once in the last 37 tournaments. Illinois would be playing a number one. They could be playing Houston again. They, they lost to them a few years ago or last year. And in essence, what that means is it could be another uh, rematch, uh, except uh, this time uh, we have a different team. And as a result of that, will we coalesce at the right time with all of our transfers? And will the chemistry work out? And can we actually pull out of an upset? Dave Ennett was thinking that there might be a possibility of a Northwestern-Illinois game at the United Center during this tournament. That could happen, and wow, would that be fun. Well, it's always possible, but Northwestern's probably going to be seated a little higher than we will, so the chances of that happening would really need to occur very late in the tournament. So uh, I wouldn't hold my breath on that one quite yet. We're going to get to the TSA pre-check in just a second, but if I may, I always say you should have at least one of the 12 fives. You mentioned 11, 6, 10, 7 at the same rate, but 12, 5 seems to capture our attention. Um, I always say you have to have at least one of those as an upset, and maybe two. It seems to me like in the last several years, it's always one and often two of those, which makes you then wonder, what the hell's with these numbers? Uh, Maybe their math is wrong. It shouldn't be that way. Well, seeding is always a challenge, and the criteria that the selection committee uses is they look at the whole season, but how a team performed in November and December may be very different than the team's performance in February and March, and because of that, we get missed seedings, and that's when you seem to have these kinds of upsets. So would you recommend that of my four, one of them is an upset? Uh, one uh, at most one because uh, the 12s don't usually hang around that long although they have reached the final four a few times over the last uh, several tournaments well but picking one of them i mean we're going to see most likely drake or oral roberts ending up being a 12 seed so keep an eye on them they, they could be fun to watch drake won the missouri valley they were a two seed and they blew out bradley and that was um, supposed to be bradley's game to win so I don't know. I watched enough of that game. I, I thought they looked, I've seen them a couple times this year. I thought they, if they can shoot that well, they look pretty good. Um, can I just tell you one of the pet peeve about the brackets that I have? Somebody's going to write an article and they're going to say the chance of getting all 64 games right is a quintillion to one or whatever the heck it is. But it seems to That's me right, like. That's right, nine quintillion to one. Okay, but that would be if it was, in fact, 
random, but it's not. As you said, the 16 never beats the one, but once. So it's not random. You have information that you wouldn't if you were flipping a coin. So it's a person, in fact, can do very well picking these brackets. That nine quintillion to one doesn't mean anything. That's right. It's actually an ideal number where every game is a coin flip. When you actually break it down much further, the odds are still quite high or very much against getting a perfect bracket. And the difficulty are those early round games. You know, in the round of 16, the 8-9 game is a toss-up. The 7-10 game, the 6-11 and the 5-12, very hard to pick all of them correctly. And as a result of that, you end up with a situation that brackets get broken very, very quickly. Sheldon Jacobson is a professor of computer science at the University of Illinois, and his commentary the other day was that we should offer free TSA, uh, uh, we should give people the um, TSA check, right? Is that what you're saying? TSA PreCheck, that's right. TSA PreCheck has been around since 2011 and is really the poster child of risk-based security, which is how the TSA operates. What it means is you match risk with resources. And they've worked very hard, the TSA, to get more people enrolled. In fact, they, they recently announced they had 15 million people enrolled and 32 million people who are qualified to go through PreCheck lanes. The problem is that it's not translating into screenings at airports. If we look at the data, you know, 55% of all the screenings in 2017 were through pre-check lanes. In 2021, it was down to 38%. And any time we're misusing resources by not having people enrolled in pre-check because we have to over-screen everyone else who's an unknown traveler, you end up in the situation that the system is less secure. And we're seeing that in the recent incident on the United flight uh, going from Boston, going from Los Angeles to Boston, where a person tried to open the door and attack flight attendants. We saw it even recently where someone tried to smuggle explosives through in Lehigh uh, Valley International Airport. Uh, we're seeing tension in the air. And the fact of the matter is, if we get to know our travelers better by enrolling them in pre-check, the air system becomes safer for all. But the only way to get the number up higher is by enrolling people for free. And that's something that I've advocated for many years. So would you have to have pre-check in order to fly so that we would better know you? Or are you just saying we would increase the odds that these incidents would go down because more people would sign up for it if it were free? If you take away the obstacle of a fee, more people would be willing to enroll. You can't force people to enroll, but you can certainly encourage them and remove the obstacles. And when you do that, we will have more people fly. It, ideally, I would like to see 80% of all the screenings every day at airports being through pre-check lanes. If we achieve that, the whole complexion of what we see at airports would change dramatically. We would have more pre-check lanes people would be going through and fewer unknown travelers. It's safer for everybody. The, the cost of doing this to the TSA is actually reduced so they can reduce their budget and provide more security. It's a win-win for everybody. Boy, it'd be weird to see us all just zooming through the airport. Would we be taking off our shoes and belts then in this world? No, no, no longer. TSA pre-check vetted passengers don't have to take off their belts or their shoes. They don't have to take their electronic devices out of their bags. It is great for passengers. It's great for the TSA, but most importantly, it's great for the country. How would that, though, have screened out the guy who went nuts when he locked himself in the bathroom, broke a spoon in half, attacked an airline attendant? Um, would, 
would TSA PreCheck have found him before that? Well, most likely he wouldn't have qualified for pre-check because of his history. And that's the beauty of the background check is it will, in fact, weed out the people who are potential risks. As a result, they'll be given more scrutiny, but they'll also be informed on the flight. And this is part of the communication, part of getting to know your travelers. The more we know about the travelers, the safer it is for everybody. Some will argue that you know, this is, we have certain rights of privacy, which is true, but we also have privileges in this country. And we have to balance those privileges with our rights to be able to give everybody the freedom to be able to travel safely. Was there something in his history? I, I know of the incident. I don't know much more about it, though. Had, did he have mental health issues or was he known to be a violent person? Well, anybody who wanted to open a door of an airplane in flight because he felt that the flight attendants were going to kill him uh, likely has some mental health issues. It has, but yeah, one wonders if, in fact, that was something that a pre-check would have checked, right? The, maybe, maybe there was, maybe he hadn't seen a psychiatrist before. Maybe he wasn't on any list. I, listen, I'm not arguing with you. I like your idea. Um, I, anything that gets us through airports better and doesn't compromise safety, who wouldn't want that, right? Absolutely. And this is something that, once again, is well within reach because it's a cost savings measure, but it's also a security enhancing measure. And that's a winning combination for everybody. And is all of this post 9-11, right? I mean, the world changed then, right? This is, this is the vestige of that. And I only suggest that you comment on that because, you know, we were thrust into a situation without maybe having thought about it in advance and coming up with a better program. Well, pre-September 11th, their aviation security was dramatically different. After September 11th, everybody was treated initially the same as being a potential threat. Pre-check transformed that so that we partitioned the passengers into an unknown and a known risk group. We're at a point now that we have to learn from our experiences and move forward even further than we have in terms of getting to know our travelers better. Because the more you know your traveler, the safer it is for everybody. And that's, that's really a cost-effective but a security-beneficial uh, approach to aviation security. Sheldon Jacobson says pre-check should be free at the airport. He's a professor of computer science at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. 608 says if pre-check were free, (coughs) I would enroll today. The next one says 100% agree. The cost for my family would be $400. We fly to Arizona twice a year. It's not worth the expense, but I would do it if it were free. I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> I'm going to build my brackets from this, from the middle out. I appreciate the help on that. 